They say nerds gotta wait their turn. I'm hard sick, but I'm living in a dream deferred. My heart gripped in pain, mouth full of curse words. I can't get away until I bet the first verse of your word that I learned of my birth curse. And that you died for me and all my net worth. I realized my need just to make a second verse. I bowed my knee and said, take away the hurt. This is Good Friday 2017, and uh, lots of people and places are uh, celebrating Good Friday leading into this Easter weekend where many people celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Uh, And the natural thing to do would be to talk about, you know, those superheroes who have been resurrected from the dead. You know, your, your obvious ones... You know, everyone knows about the Supermans and that kind of thing, but a few people know about the, you know, Green Arrows and the Spider-Mans and the Batmans and the Magnetos and the Charles Xavier's and the Robins, Jason Todd and Dick Grayson. Uh, But that's not what I wanted to focus on. I wanted to talk about not those people who came back from the dead, but those people that they died to save the hurting people, the poor people, the the disenfranchised, those who couldn't fight for themselves, those who are looked at differently and treated differently, maybe because they are different, maybe because they're of another race or another religion, or they just do things differently, the misfits. And that's what we're talking about up next on the Bifrost Bridge podcast. But life moves fast, if you blink you gon' miss it Miss the pain in the voice if you don't listen Sitting by myself at the lunch table wishing that I had some real friends But I knew that I didn't I try to do my best, I don't fit in I realize now I'm a misfit But what would you do in my position when it all falls down and you're the one that is it about probably lots of misfits, especially when it comes to comic bookdom and superheroes. Uh, I just attended uh, Still City Con and had an opportunity to meet a lot of great people doing their cosplay or their favorite heroes. And and some of the favorite heroes are the ones that just don't fit in uh, until recently they weren't really highlighted. 
Now, you think about Spider-Man. He's a great hero. <clears throat> think about Spider-Man. He's a great hero. But Peter Parker is considered a misfit. He's a geek. Uh, he's a nerd. Uh, he's, you know, the high school kid who didn't fit in anywhere, who got good grades and didn't hang out and didn't party, you know. Granted, thanks to Stan Lee, not only did he get the superpowers, but he also got, you know, a super hot girlfriend, wife. Uh, so there are lots of, you know, superheroes we could probably think of that don't get the respect they deserve, especially in their alter ego. But just recently, I came across this story arc. And I had heard about it over the last couple of years and just never got around to hunting it down. And finally went and looked up, uh, it's called The Legend of the Blue Marvel. Now, the Blue Marvel and, and this storyline, I don't want to spoil it for you, uh, but the storyline is, is probably one of the greatest that I have seen Marvel do. I mean, it's in my eyes, it's right up there with the comic book Civil War arc. I mean, it's a great storyline right up there with House of M. Uh, those are, I mean, those are just wonderful storylines. Uh, but in my opinion, it is one of the, the darkest and saddest storylines I have ever read. I don't want to spoil it for you, uh, but I kind of have to. So if, if, and I know we don't do reviews, we don't do spoilers, but I'm not doing a review, but I have to do a spoiler in order to talk about, you know, this particular misfit, if you will. Uh, so if you haven't read the uh, Legend of the Blue Marvel and don't know his backline, uh, after that story arc, he appears in, in several other um, I think it's the, the Mighty Avengers with Luke Cage and, and a couple other storylines off and on. But if you haven't read this particular storyline, The Legends of the Blue Marvel, uh, don't listen any further. Just, just turn it off. Because um, I've got to talk about that storyline to talk about him. And, and basically, here's what happens. Uh, the Blue Marvel uh, is, is this great, powerful... We've never heard of him, but you know they just came up with him in 2009. Uh, Great, actually, the the writer who came up with him had the idea since he was a child, but it finally came to Marvel in two thousand nine. And the story starts with this great, powerful, you know, enemy that's fighting the Avengers in two thousand nine, uh, called Anti Man, and he's basically composed of antimatter. And they can't. I mean, he gives the Sentry a run for his money. They can't like hold their own against him. And so they start doing some research on where this guy could have come from. And they find this story that was um, kind of classified by the government on the Blue Marvel. And here's basically the story of the Blue Marvel. In the 60s, the Blue Marvel was like the Superman and then some, uh, you know, of, of, of his day. Uh, he, you know, whether it be uh, stopping, you know... Um, Criminals, low-level criminals, in addition to stopping and, and helping natural disasters and, like, lifting buildings. I mean, this guy was powerful. He's as powerful as they come. And, I, I, you know, he's on that century, not fully on the century, but as far as strength and capability, century near Superman level. He's, he's at that level of strength and capability. And then um, he's fighting this guy named Antiban. Wonderful name. And uh, all the people are cheering him. And they're like, yay, Blue Marvel. He's our hero. He won't let us down. He's been protecting us for years. He'll never let anything happen to us. Uh, and Blue Marvel fights this guy to a standstill. And I think it's a building that falls down on Blue Marvel. 
And when Blue Marvel stands up, uh, he has a mask that covers his face, and he's covered from head to toe in his really cool uniform that is a cross between Dr. Fate and, like, a Superman-type thing. But when he stands up, his mask has been ripped. Part of his uniform has been ripped apart. And his face is exposed. Not to the point where they can see his identity, but to the point where people can see that he's black. He's an African-American. And they begin to hate him. Remember, this is the 60s. And he is then called to the White House because the government has to make a decision amidst the racial tension of their day. And they're afraid of an African-American who has that much power. And so basically, long story short, they ask him to stand down and never be the Blue Marvel again. And it's a dark story. It is a sad story. It is a disgusting story to me. But it's also one of the greatest stories that Marvel has done, again, because it tells the truth of our day. In our day today, there are people that could do some amazing things, but because of their differences, maybe it's because of their color, maybe it's because of their religion, maybe it's because of their lack of religion, they're looked at differently. They're hated, and they're not liked. And one of the things that amazes me and why I love geeks and why I love comic bookdom and why I love that whole culture is because when I step into a comic con, wherever it is, still city con or any other one anywhere, um, you don't see, it may be there. I can't read people's hearts. It may be there, but you see black people and white people. You see older people and younger people. You see every race, creed, color, and gender all just there to celebrate something that they love. And and this past, I said I was at Still City Con this, this past time, I finally convinced my wife and her cousin and my wife's friend to go. So I bought tickets for them all, uh, three-day passes uh, for my wife and her cousin, and I could only get two days for a friend because they were sold out. And um, this was a first for them to really enter into this type of world. They had no idea what they were going into. And they walked in. And they were kind of like, why is it so quiet? Because Friday night, there weren't a lot of people there. And on Saturday afternoon, uh, it was packed. Um, you know, original Green Power Ranger, uh, Jason Frank was there. And uh, um, Billy Dee Williams was there, you know, from the original Star Wars. They had some Walking Dead people there. They had the comic book men there. They had, you know, Sting and um, uh, Booker T and some wrestlers there. Uh, they also had Lindsay Wagner there, Bionic Woman. So there was, it's, it's, it's a combination of people for all ages to love. And and they, uh, my wife and her cousin and her friends, they're not like, weren't excited about it. So when I got there in the afternoon, I mean, it was packed. They were probably for, you know, they, they were stopping people outside who didn't have passes because they couldn't let them in because they were at building capacity. Uh, but literally for a couple of hundred feet. And I'll post a picture on the uh, Bifrost Bridge podcast webpage, or on the Facebook page. Uh, but there was a picture of people who were lined up for autographs, and it went from one end of the building 
to the other, like triple rows of lines of people just waiting for autographs. And that's what I wanted my wife to see. Because in that picture, there's lots of white people. There's black people. There's men. There's women. There's old men. There's young men. There's old women. There's young women. There are kids there of, of all ages. And it just reminded me that we don't have to look at each other differently because we are different. And I'll, 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 I'll close with this because uh, I, I think this, this made my day in two ways. Um, there was a comic, uh, not a comic book, a costume contest. And I normally don't do that kind of thing because I hate speaking in front of people and being in front of people. But as a pastor, it's kind of what I do for a living. But uh, so I was dressed up as Jordy LaForge. You know, my wife made, had made uh, the glasses of his visor that he wore. I had the Star Trek shirt on, next gen shirt on and. Uh, when I walked in with the glasses, there was, uh, you know, a lot of people like, oh, Jordy, yeah, they knew who I was. And there were some of, you know, uh, millennials who kind of knew who I was. And I'm like, yeah, of course they would. If they follow Star Trek, they research it, they Google it. Uh, there were some older people who said, hey, can I take your picture? And, and all that was great and all that was cool. And I was standing in line waiting to go into the, the costume contest, the cosplay contest. And behind me, in front of me, were like 57 other people in all kind of costumes. You could imagine black people, white people, Asian people, uh, young people. There were kids dressed up. There were adults dressed up, old men dressed up. It was just awesome. But behind me was Belle, woman dressed. She had on the yellow dress and she had the rose inside of a case that she made herself. And a guy comes up with his two little kids. Kids couldn't have been more than four, or maybe they were just extremely short. And as they walked up, the girl went over to Belle. And the guy was like, can I take a picture of you with my daughter? And of course, you know, that's what you do when you're in cosplay. You let people take pictures. So she turned around and the little girl stood in front of her and took a picture. And the little boy kept looking at me. And after the dad was done taking a picture of the little girl, the little boy's like, I want a picture with Jordy. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Sure, you can take my picture. But I was also in my mind like, you're four. Do you even know who Jordy is? How the heck does a four-year-old know who Jordy LaForge is from Star Trek The Next Generation? But the fact that he did was awesome. And so I took a picture with him. And that's the way the world is supposed to be. And, and, and I know, you know, many of you aren't going to hear this until after Easter, and some of you do celebrate Easter, and some of you don't. Uh, but one of the things that makes the resurrection of Jesus Christ so awesome is that he didn't come back for just white people. He didn't rise from the dead for just Jewish people. He rose for all people, no matter what color, no matter what gender, no matter what age, no matter what your belief. He rose from the dead so all of us could be considered loved by him. All of those people who never knew love, he wants to love them. All of those people who, who don't believe that God exists, he loves them anyway. All of those people who are just hardcore DC fanboys, he loves you. All of those people who are hardcore Marvel fanboys, he loves you. All of those people who are hardcore Android fanboys, he loves you. All of those people who are hardcore Apple fanboys, he's thinking about it. No, I'm just kidding. He loves you too. He loves everyone. And he doesn't let our differences get in the way. He loves us, regardless of our differences. And we should be able to relate to one another in spite of our differences. So what about you? 
uh, you know, love to hear in the comments what you're doing for Easter weekend or how you celebrate uh, the resurrection or whether you did a Monday Thursday service, which would have been last night uh, as the time of this recording, or whether you're doing a Good Friday service this afternoon or tonight at the time of this recording, or uh, just maybe, you know, for the first time, you don't have to walk into a place, uh, just download a podcast. Just listen to someone talk about the fact that, you know, Jesus died because he loves all of us, all of us, even those of us that are misfits. Till next time, true believers.